You're listening to Hey We Fixed Your Game with Dwight and Caleb. Hello, and welcome to Hey We Fixed Your Game. This is a lighthearted show where we take great games and we completely reimagine them with our dumb ideas. I am Dwight. Hi, I am Caleb. And today we're going to talk about the indie darling Dredge. We are going to stick our fingers, our our dry fingies, into the moist, tar black water of this Lovecraftian ocean and emerge with a like cursed floppy disk with this game on it. We're going... Uh, yeah, we're going full in elbows deep into the grimy bilge water mass that is Eldritch Horror and fishing. Yeah, we're going to, uh, you know, we're going to stick our rods in. Okay. I don't actually, I don't, <laughs> I don't fish. I don't think that's how you're supposed to do it. No, you don't, you don't fish. You do not fish by sticking the rod into the water. <laughs> Can confirm. Okay. We're gonna, we're gonna stick our, uh, our lines in. Did I get it that time? Uh, casting. You want to cast your line. I'm the... Okay, so this is why I'm qualified <laughs> to be on this podcast. I fish regularly. So... Yeah, okay. So we're going to talk about the game Dredge. We're going to explain it. We're going to talk about our experiences playing it. And then we are going to blow it up like a sea vessel. And then we're going to dredge the ocean floor for bits of the game and reconstruct a new horrific boat using its corpse. One that um, runs on fear. Yeah. Actually, I do think a fear engine would be pretty good for the environment. Yeah, man. If if, if only you could channel fear and use it as a, a source of sustainable energy, like maybe screams. Do, well, do you know the the thing where you're anxious and your leg like bounces up and down? Do you ever get that? Yes. Yeah. You could convert that to energy. Right. I feel like I have such so much wasted energy like anxiety energy some days that could just be harnessed towards like making a vehicle run or turning my lights on. Anyways, before we get on to talking about dredge, we should probably introduce ourselves briefly. So hi. Hi, everybody. Hi there. You in the back. Good to see you. I'm Dwight. Put your hand down. Let the man talk. Yeah. Uh, so I'm Dwight. I am a game designer. I am currently working on my first major release game for, uh, steam release and as all people who are doing a thing relatively newly uh being excited about it makes me qualified to talk about it like a professional yeah um hello my name is caleb same person in the back really excited to see us thank you we appreciate that you're here yeah, thanks um that's my mom actually i oh well hi mom hi mom hi dwight's mom <laughs> uh my mom did not make it that's awkward that is weird yeah yeah anyway uh, I'm so I'm an independent filmmaker and uh, a storyteller across a variety of mediums. Um, I'm super excited to be here on this specific podcast because I am an avid eldritch horror aficionado and lover. Did you say a aficionado? Yes, I did. I'm glad you caught that. Uh, <laughs> I, I have read every single published written work of H.P. Lovecraft, and I have some thoughts that I need to say about that. Um, I have been an avid reader of that kind of fantasy and science fiction since, um, as well as a, uh, an avid fisherman. I love dipping my rod in the water. <laughs> yeah. D 
Do you prefer it when it's like a murky black, the water? Uh, actually, I I did not think I was really afraid of anything until my friends were like, come jump in the pitch black lake with us. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm terrified of what's under there. So I, I discovered that I have a fear of, of water at night and it's never gone away. And I'm glad it hasn't gone away because you should be afraid of what's under there. Yeah, I know that like thalassophobia is like fear of like the ocean. I wonder if there's an analog for that for like fear of small ponds after dark. It's not small ponds. It, it, it wouldn't be scary if it was a pond. It's scary when it's a large body of water, like a lake or an ocean, like walking onto the beach at night. There's something about it where I don't want to get within four feet of the surf. I don't want water to touch me when it's that dark out. I, I think, I think it's a real reason why I'm so connected to Eldritch horror. Yeah. Cause you've, you've lived that. That's part of, your own brain. Yeah. Um, for me, I love the ocean. The darker, the better. Just like, let me get my whole bot up in there. For me, it's like puddles, a dark puddle. Who knows, man, you know? Or like. Are you serious? No. <laughs> I was going to say. I'm not afraid of anything, Caleb, let alone water. You weakling, yeah, you beta. That's right. That's right. You are better <laughs> than me as the alpha. I literally drink water for breakfast, Caleb. <laughs> Grow up, dude. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Caleb, for the for the audience to get to know us better, I do feel bad for just dunking on you right there. Uh, it is it's okay. Genuinely, I don't think I've ever been on the water at night. I'm sure I would be terrified. But for the audience to get to know us and our water, our fears of water better, um, this is a game where sometimes there are um, you're sometimes dredging up relics of like people who like shipwrecked and their personal items sank below the surface. So I got I guess I'm kind of curious. That if Caleb died in a boat wreck, what magical artifact would people find dredging that shipwreck's remains? Oh, man, honestly, it's an easy answer for me because I've been wanting to make this kind of movie for an extremely long time. I think it's Mm going to have to be like an old busted up VHS camera. Oh, yeah. Where, you know, you pull it up and you you finally hunt down a VHS player uh, from your local... uh, thrift store and you you put the vhs tape in and you play it and then it's just an eerie crackle and then the horror begins as slowly your brain gets melted by the incomprehensible and indescribable horrors of some sort of cosmic nightmare yeah uh and for me i would say you know maybe like i think maybe like a a soggy dvd of the movie hot rod would probably be my whoa be my artifact i'd leave behind what's magical about that artifact (laughs) i mean aside from it being the movie hot rod which is a a magical movie um i don't know i think it would probably manifest in like whoever finds it would be super good at stunts probably (laughs) whoa okay so you watch this this copy of hot rod and suddenly you feel like you can do some evil knievel type nonsense yeah but you lose your ability to grow a mustache Oh, the curse. It's the like curse. Santa Claus. Um, or like, uh, what is the one? Uh, the Evan Almighty or whatever. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. But, but the opposite of that, just on your stash region. Woof. Like, you cannot grow a beard. If you're if you're the non-stash growable type, then no worries for you. Yeah, don't worry about it. Not that much of a curse. I am honestly, I'm going to alienate some of our audience just right off the bat. I hate I hate andy samberg i think he's so profoundly unfunny 
I've never seen a movie of his, of his that I've enjoyed. His comedy falls flat. Oh, man. I can't see what people see in him. I just find him so intolerable. I am fascinated by him as, as like an exercise in actors who are like occasionally provide an exception to their own rule in that like I've been meaning to watch the movie Uncut Gems for a while. Uh, he's not in that movie. Andy Sam? Wait. Wait, Andy Sandler? You're thinking of, you're thinking of Adam Sandler. I thought you were saying Adam Sandler. Wait. No, no, no. Andy Sandler. Wait, Sandberg. Caleb, did you say Andy Sandler? I did say Adam because he's in Hot Rod. Caleb. I was wondering why you're bringing up uh, Adam Sandler, but then I thought we had made a reference to him, maybe. No. Maybe we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I just, but Caleb, this is unforgivable. I love Andy Sandler. He's the worst, bro. I'm so sorry. Caleb, you know what? I will, because I love you and because I care for you, I will refrain from sending my goons over to your house right now. Not the goons. Please don't send the goons. <laughs> Anything but the goons. The goons will stay put. But if you once again speak speak nasty on my man Andy, then the goons are a-coming. Well, get ready to dredge my body off the cold ocean floor because I'm about to be sleeping with the fishes. Yeah. Yeah, can I just say, let's let's discuss what dredge is and the disappointing lack of people with cement shoes in it. Yeah, that should have definitely happened more. Yeah, I, I would love to, like, Lovecraft plus Mafia, not nearly often enough to see those two genres well, combined. It well, happens, it happens a lot uh, in, in the stories. Oh, that's interesting. Well, kind of, kind of. We'll get to kind of our experiences with all of this in a bit, but first... In case you are here, you know, 10 minutes in and you still don't know what the game Dredge is, for one thing, apologies for the past 10 minutes, uh, not knowing what we're talking about. But uh, Dredge is an indie game that came out recently. It's by Black Salt Games. And it's an interesting genre mashup where it's a fishing simulator with resource management, but also there's some exploration and horror elements to this game. This is a game where you are catching fish and upgrading your boat. Uh, and exploring new islands in the area. But then if you stay out after dark, you start to go insane. And in the nighttime, you can find all these horrors that are lying behind, like, beneath the surface, such as deformed fish and, like, big tentacles, uh, uh, unexplainable phenomena, uh, all sorts of spoopy stuff. So the story positions you being this fisherman who's new in town and who basically is helping this mysterious collector find five different artifacts. They're not VHS recorders or DVDs. They're, you know, more classic stuff than that. Uh, but you're finding these artifacts that are kind of hidden throughout the islands, and as you're finding these, the story progresses, and you're granted new eldritch powers, which can assist you as you're exploring these islands and building your fishing empire. And, uh, yeah, Dredge has been, like, met with really warm acclaim by a lot of folks. It currently has 95% positive reviews on Steam. With over 9,000 reviews, which is unbelievable. Like, really, really strong reception for an indie title. Uh, I'm sure the developers are tickled pink right now. I would be. I would be, too. Uh, so, yeah, that's Dredge. Uh, Caleb, get us started here. Before we, like, rebuild Dredge in our own image, tell us some of your thoughts about the game. Sure. I mean, I was aware of this game before Dwight was. I was tracking with it, and I was like, this is my kind of game. I love fishing. I love fishing games. I was so excited about this mashup of two of the things that I really love. I love Eldritch Horror. 
and not just because of Lovecraft. I do have to preface anything I say about Lovecraft with, yes, he was a horrible, horrible racist, and I can't support the man in any way, shape, or form. Um, he is unfortunately an an unignorable uh, base for a lot of eldritch horror and the genre as we know it today. Yeah. So it's important as a genre study. I do not condone supporting the man or his work. Um, there are lots of if you if you love eldritch horror and you really love dredge, uh, and you want to get into some more of the literature or some more of the the genre, I recommend a plethora of other authors. Um, uh, N.K. Jemison, for example, or uh, so uh, like Annihilation, the the David Lowry film Annihilation. If you've if you've ever seen that, which actually there's a direct reference to in this game. So don't necessarily you don't have to read Lovecraft unless you want to do genre study. Do something else. I will say, if you are racist, you're gonna love this guy, though. Yeah, if you're racist, I, I, you're not my deal. But uh, if he's your deal, then. <laughs> If racism's the thing you love, then boy, do I have an author for you. So, so I, I basically was really looking forward to this game. I was like, Dredge cannot come out soon enough. Um, I'm psyched, and it came out, and I played it. And then Dwight was like, "Oh, what's this game that you're playing?" And I said, "It's Dredge." So, in that tone of voice, yeah, it's Dredge. It's Dredge, <laughs> baby. It's just Dredge. Uh, and then we, uh, uh, Dwight started playing it, and he beat it, and then I beat it, and here we are. Um, my first impressions, honestly. It is a great marriage between the two genres. It's it makes so much sense for a horror eldritch horror game to be a fishing game as well. Like it marries the two concepts really really well. Yeah. Um what I what I do think the game falls flat on in a lot of ways is that the narrative, the writing is really good. If only there had been a more compelling narrative, this game would have gone from good to great. Oh, I'm so with you there. Yeah. I love there's the mechanics of the game are excellent. I can't stress this enough. The fishing mini games are fun. The dredging mechanics are fun. The the atmospheric world building is really fun. I don't know if you ever tried this Dwight, but uh if you honk your ship horn, mm-hmm. the the murky abyss will honk back at you in your own <laughs> distorted boat horn honk. Oh, for real? I, yeah. I was listening to podcasts while playing this game, so I think I missed some of the audio cues. Yeah, the the audio is actually excellent for creating the atmosphere. Yeah. And it is very faithful to the sense of unease and the I am powerless in the face of this horror. That Eldritch horror is really important. It's hard and really important that that genre nails that, and this game did it well. But the thing that it doesn't nail that you really is also super important for the genre is the narrative. You have to have a narrative and you have to have oftentimes some sort of character growth and development and some real characterization. And this game kind of fell flat on that area for me. Although there is a fun twist in the game uh, later on that is cool that I'm not going to spoil, but it does scratch that itch for the first time in the entire game right towards the end. Yeah, I think I know what you're referring to. There's, I think, when I hear people talk about the story of this game, I kind of scratch my head a little bit because I don't really think of this game as having a story, at least when you go get the first ending. And it sounds like some of the more twisty story elements come if you're looking for the second ending. Yes. And it certainly has, like, lore and vibes, which 
I mean, it's story adjacent, if not story in itself. But I can't point to anything in this game that is a story event, like beyond just like the setup and kind of like a bit of a five-tiered MacGuffin sandwich. Yes, that's a great way of putting it. Yeah, which I'm not opposed to. Um, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll share some thoughts about the game. Yeah, go ahead. So I can totally agree with your narrative assessment. For me, if there was no narrative, I may have actually preferred it. Um, or if they were going to add in a narrative to beef it up a bit. Yeah. But I will agree that the management side of this game is quite fun. I really liked playing it as a fishing simulator. And with the like the times I had the most fun, and I did have quite a bit of fun with this game, uh, was when I was just focusing on upgrading my ship and on building wealth. Uh, and actually, those parts flowed pretty nicely. The problem was I had mostly finished almost all of that by the time I was maybe like three tenths done with the game i was wow really oh, yeah so Whoa. if you played the game you go to the cliffs is the second place and by the time i was done with the cliffs i was like at least halfway through my ship and i felt like i turned a corner where suddenly my progress through upgrading the ship was snowballing at a rapid rate and I felt like the only thing that was gating me was just finding the materials I needed to, which would, had a lot of RNG to it. There was like sometimes where I'd drive around for a half hour trying to find the one resource I needed, uh, and I couldn't. So that was frustrating. Uh, but I like was not engaging with any other part of the game. I was just like, I like the sim. I want to like do the resource management, and I want to upgrade my boat and just focus on that part. Um, and then after that, it felt like the MacGuffin sandwich that I had to eat felt almost kind of like, oh, I'm not motivated towards this. The story isn't really grabbing me. I've already kind of done the stuff that's fun here, or at least like gotten over the hump of the stuff that's fun to me. Um, and it kind of felt a little bit like a drag. Like if I'm going to actually get this game finished, I have to go do this stuff now, which is just kind of like fetch questy. It's kind of how it struck me. Yeah. I had a very op like not not opposite necessarily, but I do I did have a very different experience with the game. I played it organically, so I didn't I didn't finish upgrading the boat until right towards the end. Mm -hmm. I spent a lot of time putzing around the islands and exploring, looking for people on the shore to interact with, engaging with the story, figuring out how the characters were related. Yeah, and I think I did just kind of. I probably would have enjoyed some of the story elements more if I had chose to engage with them more. But I just felt like I was having so much fun with the simulator element. Everything else was like, ah, I'll worry about that later. I got to make my boat bigger. It was excellent. Like the, the, the boat upgrades feel really substantial specific. Well, some of them do and some of them are not at all substantial and you shouldn't <laughs> yeah. invest in the, yeah, the rod, system which determines what you can fish and where mm -hmm. i immediately wanted to get i put a lot of time and effort into getting the best rod so that i would have to not interact with the frustration of being able to not fish in certain areas yeah i wanted to i wanted that gone as fast as possible because i wanted to be able to fish anywhere and everywhere all at once which um isn't actually something you can achieve in the game as far as i'm aware there yeah. you're gonna have to retool your ship if you want to fish in certain environments, which is, I, I kind of come back on this now, cool at the end of the game when you're boating around, kidding up for trying to catch all the ocean fish. You're like, okay, I, I'm going to try and catch all the ocean fish. I'm going to catch all the ocean fish. And that's, yeah. that was really fun. 
I I will say I was able to get it where I could catch any fish at the end, but it meant that I couldn't have a net. Yes, yeah, you can sacrifice the net to catch any fish. Yeah, which I will say nets and uh, this is maybe getting too into the nitty gritty, but nets and crab pots are two systems the game has for passive income. Uh, and I pretty much ignored them. Yeah, I did as well. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, I think my biggest gripe with this game, because I will say in the end, the game is really at a 50-50 for me when it comes to my enjoyment. I felt like there were pieces I liked, but pieces that just kind of felt unfinished. Uh, and I would say my biggest gripe was just like, um, I didn't feel like the recipe at its base really worked together. And I think I might be the only one. But to me, it all kind of comes down to difficulty in that, like, so, like, I think a lot of games are based around the idea that you are building up a skill, you get better at that skill, and then as you develop that skill throughout the game, the game provides you with more challenge. It's kind of that that chart that if you're a game designer, you've probably seen of um, player skill and player challenge, and you want it to be kind of a straight diagonal line going through the middle so that you're always gaining more skill but then getting more challenged so that you're always like right in that golden spot of being entertained because if it's not challenging enough you'll get bored and if it's too challenging you'll get frustrated yeah and i just felt like there wasn't any serious system of challenge or pressure on the player in this game um i would find myself just so at the night time you go insane by being around in uh the darkness and what that insanity Thing does is it creates this little eyeball that shows up in your UI that's fun. It looks around like a crazy person's eye. And it starts to manifest evil creatures that will try and attack your boat and these different events that take place. Um, but it's like you have to be out in the dark for a while to start going insane. And then the, those things that come after you are pretty infrequent. And even if you do get hit a bunch by those things, it will just send you back to your most recent autosave, which the game is constantly autosaving because you're constantly like, stopping places um and i like found myself at the beginning of the game legitimately driving around not doing anything at night just because i wanted to see what happens when you go insane and not like like even when i was asking the game to kill me when i was asking the game to throw weird stuff at me it just wouldn't uh like i felt like the whole insanity system failed to put any pressure on me because it's supposed to mean that you don't like you're not supposed to fish at night uh, you're supposed to bide your time, but there's not really any penalty for sleeping. There's no real pressure on you to like spend your time wisely because you have an infinite number of days to do your business. Uh, so it's kind of like, it felt like in the end, there was no way to fail this game. You couldn't lose. You couldn't win. I'll also say, I'll say that the opportunities for passive income in the game pretty much remove any gameplay mechanic that it provides. And the gameplay mechanics that there are, so the judging minigames and the fishing minigames, different depending on the environment that's fun they're all extremely easy yeah as far as even like quick time events go in games they're easy quick time events and i saw an option at the beginning of the game that was like do you want to turn on story mode where the fishing mechanic games are super easy and i kind of scoffed and i was like how could you make these any easier i suppose <laughs> this is for i suppose it's like a kid's option yeah I actually was listening to a podcast uh, where they were interviewing the programmer and writer behind this game, talking about some of these mechanics. He was explaining that in the prototype of this game, they didn't have fishing mechanics. You would just drive up to a place that had fish in it, 
Um, which, by the way, if you haven't played this game, basically you're going in 3D space and navigating around the ocean, where you'll see there are different splashy places where there are fish beneath the surface. And you go up, and these quick time events, there's no way to fail them. Uh, there's just like opportunities for you to fish faster if you are fulfilling these quick time events, but you can ignore them, and it will just fish either way. Um, and apparently in the earliest proto prototypes, they didn't have fishing minigames. You would just go up and instantly get fish. They, they introduce an ability like that later on in the game that is also kind of scoff-worthy. Yeah, because um, it's kind of like it will instantly get you fish, and it just kind of feels like it reinforces the fact that I did not care for the minigames in this game, personally. I felt like they didn't really have any stakes or challenge to them. There's no way to lose. It didn't require me to use my brain or even my reflexes very much. I wish that we had had just like Final Fantasy turn-based combat against fish. <laughs> like, give me a deck builder where I am fighting fish. Or, like, even put me in an FPS where I go underwater and I have to shoot these fish. Like, give me any actual gameplay here. But instead, they gave me, like, um, basically the most non-game version of game, which a lot of people liked. So I think I'm just a grumpy old fisherman here. I, I kind of disagree with you on that one. I think for the game that it was trying to be, which is essentially a fishing game. A fishing game is primarily a relaxing experience where you're trying to collect all the varieties of fish. And that was what I was really excited about. I was like, okay, I want to collect all of the fish. And I was a big Pokemon player back in the day, so I was I was scratching that itch of catch them all. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to swim around and, and get all the variants of the fish and catch the ocean fish and the variants of the ocean fish. And that was a blast. I really enjoyed that because the only time that you can catch variant fish uh, easily is in the middle of the night. Yeah. And there are there are creatures. There, Dwight is exactly right. There are not that many uh, like hazardous events that you can encounter in the nighttime unless you are fully insane. If you are fully insane, stuff gets really, really bad. Yeah. Um, there's like a tentacle that will come up and crash into you. Yeah, I got fully insane a lot. And I still didn't have. I only died once in the game. Well, yeah. If you if you upgrade your if you upgrade your ship immediately is if that, if that's the first thing you do, you can take uh -huh. like maybe ten hits before you go down. It's really hard to die if your ship is fully kitted out. Yeah. Also, you just move really quickly, which makes it easier to avoid anything in the game. When you that was the main thing I focused on was getting my speed right. Because man, you're just a little snail boy when you start out. Yeah, you really are. I I kind of I agree with you. I kind of wish that I we had been going slower throughout the game that would have been more threatening i think that the main thing that struck me is i don't play a whole lot of horror but it seems to me like the main verb not verb the main ingredient of a horror game is pressure mm -hmm. like the idea that there are stakes and that there's like something applying pressure i think also perspective plays a large part of horror games you know if you're playing a horror game where you're zoomed out to space and you're watching something slowly approach you it's a lot less scary than being first person. Like a first person is so scary because you have such limited perspective. You're only seeing a cone of like the whole space versus I, I feel like there are a lot of top-down horror games, but I just don't get it. Like to me, horror is most effective when you have a limited perspective and they're playing with that. Right. So it just seemed to me like it wasn't actually a horror game. Like it had the trappings, like the vibes of a horror game. I think a, a lot of people really like the vibes. 
but I'm not really a Lovecraftian type guy myself, and I don't have any specific affinity for fishing. So to me, it kind of was like, it has the artwork and sound design and like everything from a horror game except for the gameplay of a horror game. I, I, I do agree with you. I think the exciting thing for me when I watched the trailer was the perspective. I was like, oh man, a top-down horror game. This is going to be cool because the perspective totally changes. When you've got a minute little ship pit, like put, putzing around the ocean, you know, oh, the horror is going to be huge. <laughs> there are going to be these massive serpents that are coming up and like it's going to mess with my perspective because I'm going to feel really small and the creatures are going to feel really big. That is, I think, what they were going for. And there are a couple of Titanic creatures that show up yeah. in the game. Spoiler alert, not very frequently at all. Yeah. You know, you're saying something so smart. I I wish that that's what the game had delivered on. Because I think that would have been really scary. Yeah. If those Titanic creatures had come up more often. You had more things where it's like, my character's already so small on the screen to see how big this thing is on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. The, okay, spoiler alert. If you should not listen to this episode if you don't want spoilers, but spoiler alert, each of the four areas of the game uh, has a an enemy type that you have to avoid as you're fishing in that area and completing the tasks. All of them are small, with the exception of Stellar Basin, yeah. which is my favorite area, but also the lamest area, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Stellar Basin is directly inspired by the by the book series and film Annihilation. Uh, it's a beautiful reef, like a coral reef that is brimming with life. But at the bottom of this basin, there's this gigantic tentacular monster that is constantly lashing out at you and defending its turf. And you find out over the course of your exploration of this area that the organic matter is being corrupted into these kind of beautiful forms. And it's a lame area because the creature that you're trying to avoid is so easy to avoid. Yeah. Uh, it's just a giant tentacle beast at the bottom of the water that if you cross into its zone, it's going to hit you with some tentacles. So you just don't cross into that zone until you solve the puzzle. Yeah. And then you can fish there without restraint. So disappointing. That's the only large antagonist that you face. The lava area, the creature is kind of small. Yeah. Oh, I wish they had just taken that lava creature and blew it up by like eight times. I know, I know. they couldn't because, you know that area has a lot of narrow passageways it just wouldn't be able to fit into. Yeah. I wish they'd just taken out the narrow passageways because those were annoying to navigate. Yeah, yeah. And just give me like a huge, huge maw. I want a more gaping maws, personally. There, there have got to be more gaping maws, Matthew <laughs> Mercer style in this game. Uh-huh. But I think just the truth is, and we can move on to, to the fun part after this, but like, I think just the truth is that... Um, I feel like this game actually succeeded really well at being kind of like a relaxing game, like a game that doesn't apply a lot of pressure, a game that's more just like chill, fun vibes. Yeah. And I almost wonder if it had, it would have been more successful if they'd made like kind of mixing Lovecraft and cute rather than like trying to mix fishing and horror. Like if they had turned the genre on its head and been like, here's a wel- warm, welcoming Lovecraft environment for you to just like play an Animal Crossing style fishing game in. Uh, I don't know. I think that's. I would have hated that. Dwight, I would have hated that. <laughs> I honestly. Uh, okay, listener, I was here for the Eldritch Horror. 
I really wanted that to be delivered. And there were some ways, particularly the writing, that I was I came away very happy. The writing was very good. What was there, I think the structure lacked, but the actual words on the screen yes. were well constructed. Yes, definitely. Th- there really is no narrative that you're following. You essentially are sent to these four areas to recover these four artifacts that have been lost and you recover the artifacts, you bring them back, and that triggers the end of the game. There's no boss fight, it just triggers the end of the game. Yep. And I think me and you are demonstrating kind of a the, the core of why people love this game and why you might not like this game. This game is a lot of vibes. And if you like fishing, and if you like Lovecraft, then that's probably the reason you got this game, and I think you'll be satisfied. This game has yeah. good vibes. It serves them up very consistently, very masterfully. Uh, even if like the story structure isn't there, or the gameplay isn't all there, like you will live out the fantasy that was promised to you on the Steam page. Yes. Um, and for me, it's just like not a fantasy I was very interested in. So I don't know if my opinions have as much weight uh, for the opinions of most people who would play this game. I mean, obviously, it has ninety five percent positive reviews, which is a unicorn of a game. It's impossibly hard to have a game so good that like only five percent of the worst people on the internet hate it. <laughs> it is it is a game that blends two things that people like really successfully. Like the fans that love Eldritch Horror and the fans that love Fishing Game are meeting each other and shaking each other's hands and saying, this is our game now. And that is a huge deal. And I'm really glad that... Like it, it, Dwight's 50-50 on this game. I'm about 70-30 on this game. Yeah. I did really enjoy it and I was satisfied by it in a very rounded way. Uh, it scratched my Eldritch Horror itch, it scratched my fishing itch, and I left overall feeling happy about it. And now I think we're starting to get into our fixes where here's my suggestion. Uh-huh. Don't don't make the good ending lame and the bad ending awesome. <laughs> so agree. Agree so hard. So so double spoiler warning. I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil the two endings of the game. The first ending of the game the the bad ending that you get if you just follow the normal tasks that are laid out for you very clearly go recover the artifacts bring them back uh you recover the artifacts you bring them back you sail out into the middle of the ocean you throw all your all the artifacts into the ocean and you resurrect your dead wife who was lost to you in a shipwreck many years ago she floats out from the waves glowing ethereally with red evil light and then far far in the distance a massive head of some godlike being rises up slowly out of the waves, probably miles away. Awesome. It was really cool. So cool. And then the credits roll, and all of the islands that you have visited are wastelands, ruined, toppled. Cities are burning. Everything's being destroyed. The Eldritch Horror has been released upon the world, and now madness will reign so sick and you don't even know i i can say from experience you don't even know it's your wife it's just you've been reading these random journal entries that are talking about a married couple and you talk to the collector i thought it was the collector's wife it is the collector's wife oh so it's not your wife it is your wife so the, here's the good ending <laughs> okay. the collector is a reflection of yourself uh, what <laughs> yeah, so over the course you start to realize you meet so you meet the old mayor that the islanders have been talking about as a tragic event. They lost their old mayor. He went crazy, started 
yelling about throwing things back into the ocean and that he disappears and you're like oh well i guess he's not i guess he's probably around here somewhere so you putz around the islands you find the old mayor who has gone fully mad and he reveals that you were on that ship Mm. and that you lost your wife you got shipwrecked with all of them when it all went down you recovered a book and you immediately identify the fact that the collector has this mystical book that he's been using to grant you these powers so you go confront the collector about it and the collector's like what are you talking about the collector reveals that you are the same person and basically he says yeah we're recovering our wife this is what we've been doing this whole time we're doing this thing and then you slowly confront your reflection and you're like no i don't i don't i like being single right i like the single life i you know i don't have to shop for two people i don't have to clear my plans with anybody i'm a voluntary celibate let me live my life <laughs> and you end up shattering the reflection of yourself so you you realize that it's actually the collector speaking out of a mirror to you in this abandoned mansion and so you shatter it, and then the lighthouse keeper, you, you go talk to the lighthouse keeper in the original village. Who is and, played by Willem Dafoe in this. <laughs> yeah, and she is not a fan of, of killing seabirds, and she makes a mean lobster. <laughs> See, I haven't actually watched The Lighthouse, so I just committed the classic sin of referencing something I know nothing about. Oh, dude. The Lighthouse is a huge inspiration. Not The Lighthouse, the movie. It's weird. There are a lot of lighthouses that show up. I, I really do think that uh, the Annihilation series... Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I really do think that the Annihilation series heavily inspired this work. Yeah. The Lighthouse, the film, I don't know so much. The themes... You should watch that movie. It's an excellent movie. Listener, it's it's R-rated, but it's an excellent film. Oh, man. I'll have to ask my mom, but... <laughs> I actually remember back when we... Uh... When we met in L.A., we were hanging out at film school together. I think you um, you went and saw The Lighthouse. Like That was back when that came out, I think. I did. I did. And it is, I believe, an eldritch horror film. Yeah, so the good ending is you discover that this book is corrupting the world and your evil reflection is encouraging you to awaken ancient evil. And so you take the book and the lighthouse keeper points you in the direction of where you're supposed to go and you sail out into the dark and you drop the book into the waves and your ship gets swallowed by a massive serpent. <laughs> Very lame, massive serpent for the record. It just kind of pops up onto your boat and kills you. Yeah. And then the credits roll over an unspoilt utopia where all the madness has left the world and everything is the same as when you were sailing around in it functionally. Yeah. And it was super lame. That does sound really lame. It was super lame. That's the ending you got, right? No, 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 that's not the ending you got. No, you got no, the scary I got the ending. cool one with the yeah. big guy. But Caleb, let's brainstorm some new endings for this game. We do got to brainstorm some new endings. So I think that like a real, so you have like kind of pseudo, not like boss battles, but like each zone has a boss. So like when the big guy comes out, instead of just taking you right to the credits roll, I want to like do a race against the clock where I have to go to a different place and I'm like dodging tentacles throughout. That would have been really neat. That is such a good idea. I think having some reason to be really quick, to have upgraded your ship all the way, and to do some sort of obstacle course with the with the speed of your ship and the maneuverability of your ship, that's a great idea. Yeah, maybe something where you use your Eldritch abilities that you've gotten so far as well. Um, and maybe it could even kind of reprise and insert all of the different madness creatures you've run into. Mm-hmm. So like this 
creature when it comes out exposes you to madness and then you have to kind of navigate and you're being attacked by the anglerfish and you're being attacked by the gigantic tentacle and like maybe the crows come and they're going after you uh and there's all these like rocks that are showing up out of nowhere because these are all different things that can happen to you if you're insane in the game yeah like a final gauntlet would be rad yeah, it's worth noting that all of the all of the eldritch abilities that you unlock by successfully beating the areas are all quality of life upgrades. One of them allows you to teleport, one of them allows you to go super fast like a sprint. One of them allows you to immediately fish up all of the fish in uh in a bubbly spot in one of the jacuzzis. <laughs> and my favorite and least favorite is the one that just lets you dispel all evil creatures nearby and just protect yourself. Which, like, really puts the nail in the coffin of, like, there is no pressure system in this game. Yep. Once you get that, nothing can harm you. So, like, there's no point, like, there's no challenge in this game. Yeah. Yeah. There is, an, th- there is a way out of everything that makes this a game. <laughs> I mean, like, it's, and, and that drives home the thing. If, if you want this to be an interactive experience that's about flavor and great sound design and music and artwork, like, where you're just drinking it in then this is for you. But if you're like me and you're not like as impressed by all of that, though I will say the artwork is fantastic. Yeah, and all I nailed the polish, it with the art. Very good. Um, the fish, the, just... the, the different types of fish you can catch, awesome. So excited. Like they're designed really well. Yes. They're themed really well. The and, fish um, are so the cool. The aberrations, like the yes. mutated versions are great. I love them. So those. cool. Uh-huh. They did such a good job with like pretty much everything in this game um, that isn't gameplay, I think. <laughs> Yeah, uh, except for the narrative. Like the yeah I, yeah, I think that that does factor into gameplay. The narrative was fell flat for me, and it was really that that was the most disappointing thing for me. The rest of the things, because I discovered the game kind of organically, I, I explored the game organically. There were moments where I felt the tension, and I I did feel kind of guided through it at a more kind of story led game led pace. Yeah. My main complaint, I loved this game. Yeah. I want to say that. I did really like this game. But why I'm harping on it so hard is because it's so close to being perfect. And me and Dwight talked about this before the episode. It's so close to being a really great game. Mm-hmm. And there are just a couple of, well, I would say more than a couple, small little things that aren't perfect. Mm-hmm. That if they were fixed, I would be so ready to say that this is my favorite game of the year. Yeah. I think nothing incites passion like passionate discussion about a game at least in me quite as much as a game that like feels like it's so close but not quite there like i could play a perfect game and just like kind of put it down be like cool that was good like i played mario odyssey this year and like that game was just absolutely heaven to play the whole time but i didn't feel like i needed to discuss it with anybody there wasn't much to discuss game like this i could discuss forever because like yeah. there's something about it that just like gets your hooks in you and it's so close. But Caleb, we're getting distracted. We need to figure out good endings for this game. You're right. You're right. Um, I I do think that one of the endings should definitely include uh, some sort of gigantic crab. I'm disappointed that there were <laughs> no like massive massive crabs. That would be cool. I also I feel like so the promise of an Eldritch Horror game is this idea that, like, there is some big daddy creature. Yes. Which we got in the first ending. And, you know, maybe the bad ending is that you get to fight against them. Yeah, right. Maybe, but maybe the good ending is you could become the great old creature. Whoa, okay. 
which would of course probably add like a year of development time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. That that does violate the Eldritch contract, though. I'm sure it does. But that would be really cool. What if you become the big daddy thing and you have to go defeat the four bosses from the four different areas? Mm-hmm. You like have to go wipe them out, maybe like in a particular order or something. But like, I don't know. I also just think that it would have been interesting to have some sort of bigger gameplay at the end instead of having it be a cutscene, like some novel gameplay. I deeply agree. I, I do think that there needed to be, if you are going to hold off on applying the pressure throughout the entire game, you gotta double down on the pressure for the boss fight. And that's really what I was looking forward to. And I was a little bit let down. Yeah. Cause I, cause I, I'm the kind of guy that really likes going for the good ending. And when the good ending was lame, I went and discovered the bad ending. And I was like, this is only a little bit better mm-hmm. and it shouldn't be. So yeah. Yeah. I think also if the game really didn't want to have pressure, even at the end, maybe like kind of a sandboxy ending where you get like a new ability type thing. Yeah. Um, where it's like, maybe you can continue on. There's no infinite sim to this. I feel like maybe they could have made some of the upgrade paths procedural so that you just keep doing it. Um, if that was the case, I might still be playing it. Um, but like maybe it gets you like a new, like really big deal Eldritch ability. Like maybe you can go underwater now. Oh, that'd be so cool. Yeah. Uh, I think of like Fez. I, it was forever ago I played Fez, but I think at the end you gain, spoiler for Fez, you gain the ability to actually go into 3D perspective, I think. And look yes, around. you do. Yeah, so I just thought that was really cool because I didn't really even use it that much, but just the fact that it was there made me feel like I got rewarded by playing the game with like a new way to think about the game, and that felt really exciting. That's a rough standard to set because that ability, that ability in Fez, literally lets you re one hundred percent the game. Right. And like there's new puzzles. Yeah. When you get that ability, you've completed about 100% of the game and you're like, great, I'm done. Little do you know as a player that there is the the 100% of Fez is actually 214%. So it basically <laughs> you go back and replay the game again with this new ability and it's kind of cool. Yeah. So I think we can both agree on the ending. I've got a really hot take that I think you're going to absolutely love. Okay. So here's my proposal for the big way that we we really rework this game. Um, so I talked about perspective before and how I feel like first person perspective really lends itself to a horror setting. Here's my pitch. I think this would make an unbelievably good VR game where you are a little fisherman man who is standing in a boat. You actually pilot your boat and everything that you're doing in the game, you're physically doing. You have a rod that you are actually casting in. And the inventory management, we haven't mentioned this yet, but the inventory management is kind of a Tetris-like game where you are you have a grid and you're trying to fit things into that grid and different things are different awkward shapes. That was my favorite mechanic of the game. I can't believe I haven't that referenced was it yet. So my favorite. I that was my favorite mechanic of the game. That was like crack. I could do that all day. Just like I know. <laughs> just like sorting through my inventory. I loved that. I'm they so made a game there. that's basically all about that. It's called Inventory Hero, I think. Or Backpack Hero. Backpack yeah. Hero. Dude, that game, that. I want to play that. All right. Um, I guess we know what we're getting up to next. Uh, but um, just like imagine in VR, like you're actually physically sorting through your um, inventory, like on the, the deck of your ship. Um, so this is my big pitch. And then like the horror would be so scary because 
you're literally in there. It's literally so dark around you. You're doing the fishing, and you see out of the corner of your eye a ghostly ship. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. Unfortunately, it would be a totally different... It, you know, actually, no. It wouldn't be too hard to make that into a VR game, would it? I think a lot of... So, I think actually it would be a better system for a lot of the mechanics in this game. I don't know. You definitely need to tweak some things design-wise, I mean, but... I don't think you necessarily need to cast your rod into the water, because I think what you would do is you could, like... You could have the different elements of the ship connected to the actual physical parts of where they would be on the ship. Yeah. Uh, instead of being just represented on a grid, you have to walk over to where you deploy the net. Exactly. You have to walk over to where you deploy the rod. Mm -hmm. You have to walk over to where you turn the lights on. I think you're right, actually. It would not be that hard to turn this into a... Actually, developers, if you're listening, <laughs> that would be cool. Yeah. And you have a market for it now. Sequel. Let's get a Dredge sequel. And even Dredge if you didn't have it in VR, just playing as a first-person game where you're actually there, I think it would still work. And that would add so much more of the pressure system I'm talking about in that like, when you're actually having to do the things um, with your hands, it's clunkier. It's more difficult. It takes more like precision to go around. Kind of like Iron Lung. Yeah. Yes. Oh, man, that game looks so cool. Yeah. It, I think this could be an Iron Lung type experience where like you're having to physically go over and mess with interfaces, and that makes it more difficult. So now if it's night and things are going crazy and you're trying to wrap up some fishing and your light goes out, you actually have to go press the switch to turn the light back on. And if your, your boat gets damaged and suddenly one of your motors is out, maybe you actually have to go fix the motor with like a wrench tool or something. Yeah, yeah. It would add probably another year of development time, but it would pay off in dividends. It would have doubled development time probably. Um, yeah, yeah. So this is why we have a podcast so that we can pitch these things that never could happen. Um, yeah. But hey, they're probably like rolling in it now. So hey guys. I hope so. Sequel. Call me sequel. up. I'm a game designer. I'll help you out. <laughs> we'll design VR games for uh -huh. you. Yeah, I'll do. I will design any game for food. You did bring up a little minor gripe which I have that adds up to the major gripe that uh, ma ma makes up the 30% of the rest of my enjoyment. But the lights are dumb. The <laughs> lights are useless. Upgrading your light is the dumbest thing you can do. Not worth the money. <laughs> I did upgrade my light, and I didn't notice a difference until I got the fully upgraded light, which I actually did feel like made it a little bit easier to navigate. But at that point, this is one of my gripes. The more you upgrade your speed, the harder it is to navigate. Yeah. It almost feels like a curse at a certain point to be fast, especially since the final two areas have like twisty, turny, difficult to navigate spaces where I was like seriously considering uninstalling half my engines just to make it possible for me to move around. I was like, why am I being punished for being good at this game? <laughs> yeah, no, I totally agree. Yeah, that, that does make sense. Man, we have a lot of gripes about this that, again, I don't want people to think that this is a bad game. I actually enjoyed it. Yeah, even I enjoyed it. And like as I've already stated, I have gripes, but I really do think this team deserves, to be, uh, deserves a hearty congratulations. They're also, I think, from New Zealand, which anybody who's from New Zealand, I can't help but love them. Yeah. It's one of my weaknesses as a human. I Mine as well. I love those Kiwis. Yeah. Okay, I got some more hot ideas coming right out the oven for you. Go, go, go. I'm pulling them up with my rod that I stuck into the ocean. Okay. Um, so as per usual, we need to turn this into a dating sim. I was just going to say, I have a great idea for the dating sim. All right, I have two. Uh, okay. So, so we'll sandwich them. Uh, here's my first one. 
Um, sometimes when you're pulling up a fish, you'll find out it's like an old Greg style fish person who's extremely flirtatious. Second old Greg reference in the podcast. Let's make it three next <laughs> yeah. episode. We're going for it. After we referenced it in a previous episode, I went back and I watched all the old Greg videos. Uh, and enjoyed so them. funny. Uh, so you get Noel Fielding to come up on your boat and start flirting with you. <laughs> and um, you have to like, then it becomes a visual novel more and you have to say the right things in order to get old Greg to not kill you. Um, <laughs> but like also maybe you fall in love with, and it's not just old Greg. That's obviously an IP issue, but like, you know, creepy fish type people. And maybe you're kind of managing a barf meter of like <laughs> trying to keep your, them from seeing how disgusted you are by their, their scaly fishiness. Yeah. That's a really good idea. Yeah, it is. It's super is. And, and, and that was also my idea. So we're on the same wavelength. <laughs> yeah. Did you have any other, like any salt and pepper to add onto it? I, I was literally thinking about old Greg too. It was, I was, <laughs> it was literally word for word what I was going to say pretty much. <laughs> we didn't discuss this before we're just i do think i do think that like huge mistake to not include mermaids honestly but like maybe like the creepy type of mermaid that yeah sirens yeah yeah oh dude sirens would have been an amazing addition to this game i don't get why they didn't uh also no whirlpools true man gotta be more whirlpools i didn't see the king of red lions anywhere it seems like they just really fumbled a lot of potential sea things yeah there w- there was no Scylla and charybdis uh-huh. which i feel like is just serving itself up on a servo uh, serving itself up on a silver platter to be used as inspiration for this game but whatever yeah where's tingle island where's my man's tingle yeah and that was something that you texted me and i was like man you're right <laughs> this game is wind waker but where tingle is just even more messed up than he is in that game do you think the bad ending that gigantic creature that arises from the deep is that tingle? is tingle <laughs> i think so uh, yeah yeah do you think that's the form that tingle is going to take in tears of the kingdom i if tingle doesn't show up in this new zelda reboot i'm freaking out no i i think <laughs> you know the 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 joke i made in the text conversation we had was that you have to spell it in the weird Cthulian language that, that oh. lovecraft does <laughs> where it's uh tingle <laughs> the guttural growl with the with the apostrophe uh-huh. missing a couple of consonants uh yeah, I, I I think that that's what really needs to happen to make this game the real Eldritch canon that it deserves to be. Dating sim, no problem. Let's do it. How about like an Eldritch spelling simulator where you're trying to, like the inventory management here where you're trying to fit as many fish in, a game where you're trying to fit as many apostrophes into a creature's name. Yep, yep. I think that was a mini game that was sorely missed in this game. Exactly. Yeah, I wanted to like Pokemon be able to name my fish after I catch them. Yeah. It will just run all of my names through an Eldritch, uh, an Eldritch fire. I think it would have been cool. I think it would have been cool and not too hard to like train some of the smarter, like, like make larger fish that you can catch that you can train. I was okay. You're, this is another one of my ideas. Um, Dredgimon. Dredgimon. Yeah. <laughs> I'm taking yeah. about it seriously. Like, I think that's a seriously cool idea, but it is also hilarious to imagine <laughs> running up against other fishermen who are out there uh-huh. fishing the waves and being like, you, we made <laughs> eye contact across the waves. Time to battle. <laughs> this also gets to my desire to have more gameplay than just like the, the time-based little mini games. So you get in turn-based battles, but then like you're shiny hunting. No, you're aberration hunting. Yeah. Or it's like shadow Pokemon from, from, uh, from Gale of Darkness. 
Dude, did you just reference Gale of Darkness? My man. Yeah. Um, do you remember how in that game the bad guy was like this fabulous disco man? Yep. They had like, what are those those big pineapple guys? The tro- Tropius? Is that what it is? Like the big smiling pineapple guys with the sombreros? Oh, Lotad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're talking about uh, like, Lotad and Ludicolo. <laughs> he's like, I'm the bad guy. Look at my big pineapple friends. They're so happy. Yeah, that <laughs> is it. That is an insane... That's a whole other podcast episode talking about those crazy Pokemon games that were done outside of Game Freak Studios. Yeah, I remember we had that one for GameCube. We really liked it. Me and my brother would play that day yeah. in, day out. Yeah. Anyways, um, <laughs> oh, my other my other dating sim idea. Um, this one I feel like is a lot more feasible, um, like something I actually think could exist and be very fun. Uh, kind of like a like the. Um, what is the Hatoful boyfriend like mm-hmm. pigeon dating? The pigeon dating simulator, or like yep. Dream Daddies, or like the one where uh, you're trying to date Colonel Sanders. Yeah, there's also a monster, like a high school monster dating simulator. Yeah, uh, is that Monster Prom? Yeah, yeah, Monster Prom. Yeah, I've heard such good things about those games. Um, but anyways, kind of like one of those things where it's kind of like a like a joke dating sim or like a stunt dating sim, but instead you're like trying to date different like deranged old fishermen and fisherwomen um yeah like people who have lost their mind to the sea and are just covered in slime and like no longer can talk coherently you're going up and saying like extremely flirty gen z things to them so you're like wow so you don't mind if i call you daddy and he just says like i remember when we dredged the chest from the deep (laughs) the eyeballs were everywhere how do i make it stop Wow, you're super cute. <laughs> Can I get your uh, number? Do you have a ship phone or how do I? OMG, is that a flip phone? <laughs> this phone was dredged from the deep. My dead wife talks to me through. It's cursed speakers. <laughs> this is a cursed Nokia phone. It survived the crushing of the depths and has risen up to haunt me. This is Cthulhu's burner. <laughs> Cthulhu's burner. <laughs> this is where he texts all of the fine squid women. There's a crack. There's a crack dealer in here too for some reason. I don't even know how you do a crack underwater. Yeah, this guy is awesome. Yeah. He's, I want to get to know him really, really intimately. But I think there could be like fun archetypes of like, you know, this type of story where like one is the deranged old fisherman. One could be like the cryptic old lighthouse keeper uh, yeah. lady, but like one could, one could be like the overly confident kind of capitalistic businessman mayor type guy. Who's you're like, just making your game. Dwight, you're just <laughs> making your game. No, I'm this. These are all characters from dredge, my man that I wanted to smooch. You just want to smooch your own characters from I your game. I just wanted to smooch the characters from Dredge, that's all. Don't no, you're me. right. They, they, they're worth smooching. Yeah. There's no smooching in my game, except for there's a dog that smooches you. But I don't think that really counts. No, it doesn't. I did want to get to know that scientist lady a little bit better, but... Yeah, there's a dog in this game that goes and lives with the scientist lady. Spoiler. Yeah, no dating mechanic. Yeah. I couldn't date the scientist. Yep. I, I will forever hate this game. Not because of the gripes you brought up previously, but because I couldn't smooch. Yeah, I also think that it would have been fun to be able to pull up goofy and funny Eldritch Horrors. 
like fluffy cute creatures like that could be something that you unlock in the new game where you you're able to pull up like pom-pom infested fish that would be really cool i think this could be like a good money-making tie-in so you know how dead cells just did a castlevania dlc uh yes i am familiar and i do kind of want to play it uh it would be interesting um i think kind of this idea of creating a dlc that incorporates other ip so like we could bring in other aquatic ip that introduces new fish you can catch like what if you can just like catch spongebob you know know what i'm saying (laughs) oh god didn't don't lie to me. You wanted to catch SpongeBob during this game, didn't you? I did not want to catch SpongeBob. I'm so glad I didn't catch SpongeBob. That's when you say it like that, it sounds like an STD. <laughs> oh man! But you did catch crabs, though. Right? I did catch crabs. Unfortunately, I did Rip. catch a lot of crabs in this game, to 100 percent it. Um, but you know, so you have SpongeBob. You could catch um, the Little Mermaid, the whole all of Ariel, or like maybe Sebastian the Crab comes up and then he starts singing to you adds new music tracks yeah adds some some diegetic audio and as long as he's on your ship you'll play different music like samba beats i always love the idea of replacing the audio and horror games with really light-hearted audio yeah that's a fu- that's hilarious so the idea you could be like going insane there's eyeballs everywhere and sebastian the crab is just like kiss the girl <laughs> <laughs> i like the idea of him like as long as he's in your inventory on the ship he's gonna play you beats but then over the course of time, he just rots away and the audio starts getting more distorted and fucked up. And then eventually the crab is just a stinking pile of rot on your ship. And you're like, well, guess uh-huh. guess I need to go catch another Sebastian. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And maybe if you can catch two Sebastians at a time, they'll fight each other. You can catch, uh, here's a deep cut for you. You can catch Milo from the Atlantis movie. Hey, yeah, I love that. Milo Thatch just comes up onto your, your ship and maybe he could help guide you to Atlantis. Yeah. Oh, and you know what I loved about this game so much because it was the weirdest thing? There's sometimes you do escort missions where you take a person and put them in your cargo hold. Wish there had been like twice as many of those. Those were yeah, so cool. Those were fun, but I loved that you can still rotate these people. <laughs> like you could rotate the rest of your stuff. Yeah. And you could just have some guy who's like, can you please take me to the mainland? And you're like, sure, bud. And you just put him in your cargo hold upside down for no other reason other than that you can. Yeah. Yep. That was, yeah, that was awesome. That was my favorite part of the game was just whenever I would pick up a passenger, immediately turn them upside down. Uh, that's also why I want a VR version is so that I can actually see <laughs> NPCs just like sitting defying gravity upside down on my boat. I back to a serious change that I would make. Now that I'm thinking about it, now that you remind me that uh, you know, you do have to kind of ferry people around these islands, it would have been so cool. Just get rid of the whole passive income thing entirely. Have people pay you for transporting them around the islands. Dude, I was thinking the same thing. It, what other games would do is they would give you a job board with kind of randomly like procedurally generated jobs that give you different bonuses. Yeah. Um that would have been great and like w- that could be one of the types of jobs that you could get would be like an escort mission. Yeah, and have like a- a- at one point you need to balance well throughout the process you have to balance having fish or having passengers. Mm-hmm. And if you have passengers, maybe they have conversations with each other while you're sailing. How cool would that be? That would be cool. 
and like maybe you get paid different amounts by how quickly you can transport them yeah yeah uh-huh. that would be way better than just collecting passive income with with nets or dropping crab pots that you never return to uh-huh. and then maybe if you hold onto a passenger for too long the cops come after you yeah and then it's and then you've got the eldritch spooky tentacle cops that come after you and say <laughs> hey you're kidnapping yeah. bring them bring them back i love the idea of cthulhu in this game not being some like source of chaos and madness but instead like the source of order and justice on the ocean <laughs> where does where, where the fish cops see <laughs> the fish cops <laughs> yeah cthulhu comes up and he's just like hey i don't like to come up to the surface very often but you have a guy in there that you should not have in there give him he, to me <laughs> yeah right yeah cthulhu comes up and he says I, sh- I want that guy as a human give sacrifice. Guy. Give me that guy. <laughs> That's my guy now. <laughs> yeah, like imagine interacting with a fully fleshed out like Eldritch cult. Uh-huh. You kind of do, yeah. but you don't really interact with them. Man, I can only imagine those cult meetings that those hooded guys have. So boring. So in the game, there's hooded guys where basically they're like, I'm creepy, give me a fish. Where like maybe they'll go to the meetings and they're like, Initiate Johnson, have you received the mackerel? He's like, (laughs) Master, no, I have not found the mackerel yet. What have you been doing, Initiate Johnson, to find the mackerel? Master, I've been waiting on the shore for some random person to pull up and give me a mackerel for no reason. I've been waiting. I've I've been waiting for a man to teach me to fish that I could feed myself for a (laughs) lifetime. And it's just like, why do cultists just want random fish from you? They want to eat them. They're trying to eat them. They're trying to eat them? Like, actually, in the game, it it describes in visceral detail how they shove them into their gullets. Yeah, it's true, but they're just waiting there for a snack. Like, dude, there's stores. Go to Walmart, dude. Yeah. Yeah, catch a ride with me. I'll deliver you to uh, the Walmart. <laughs> Man, I think that they're, they're not cultists. They're just, like, broke. Yeah, they're, on, they're deadbeat parasites. Yeah, they, like, just can't afford to get themselves food. Embarrassing embarrassing Um, yeah it is it is yeah okay so i want to talk a little bit about like customization because i think sim games often it's fun to have some customization over your cosmetics and stuff i wanted to make my ship pink i wanted to make my ship a gigantic rubber ducky i think that would have been really fun yep but also like maybe with the boat upgrades you could have a tree like an upgrade tree where you could like take it in different directions and turn it into a different type of boat yeah oh man having like a different hull type sure like if you wanted to prioritize health maybe you could turn it into like a uh like uh, a pirate ship but if you <sighs> want to prioritize speed you could turn it into a jet ski okay you can't do any fishing off of a jet ski though but like yeah it would be like four spaces of cargo but you go so fast yeah that would have been cool <laughs> or like i'm thinking I don't know. I would love to just like have a massive cargo barge at one point, mm-hmm. like infinite hull spaces, but you move super slow and you get stuck in the Suez Canal whenever you go through it. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, but you're like extremely effective at everything else. I think, yeah, I, I, that that makes a lot of sense. I think I think that would have made the game a lot more uh, fun and, and like intellectually stimulating if you get stuck in the Suez Canal and you're like, oh, man, I'm creating shipping shortages across the entire world. What do I do? Do you think Cthulhu had anything to do with that? I, you know, now that you say that, it's fully likely. It happened in the water. Do we know if it happened at night or during daytime? 
I don't. I I personally don't know that. I wonder if the Evergreen maybe got tripped up at night because they decided to not stay in a port overnight. Yeah, and they went the mad. And the driver had that little eyeball. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, could be. Um, Here's here's uh, something that I feel like the game could have done better with. The, the world is not grounded in any sense of like, where is this geographically in the world? Is this just in the middle of nowhere? Yeah. It seems vaguely European. Vaguely European is my favorite type of European. Yeah, yeah, like like vaguely, like Wales, UK. I don't know, just just based on the fashion. Oh, I was actually thinking maybe kind of New Englandish. Yeah, no, that's that's typically what it is when you talk about Aljaz Horror, at least from a Western perspective. You're talking about New England, but like each area is different because you definitely have like the Bahamas of the basin and kind of like the South American like Laguni Swamp mm-hmm. type area. Which is why I think in order to ground it more geographically and geopolitically, you have to have a spring break madness event. <laughs> yeah. Where a bunch of like tourists show up and start like crashing the beaches <laughs> and making your fishing really, really inconvenient. Uh-huh. And like whenever somebody flashes you, you gain insanity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you gain insanity. Yeah, yeah. It becomes a really messed up like neighbors, like bad neighbors, the movie situation where... <laughs> Yeah, there's like kind of like a little bit of an American Pie situation going on. Yeah, um. yeah, and it's like you know when it says a dark presence slithers on board, and you open your inventory, it's just like a frack bro who's set up in your crab pots, like yo, dude. <laughs> he's just completely naked. He's double fisting beers. Yeah, yeah, he's got the 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 forties taped to his hand, bro. I don't know how I sway him here, but dude these fish are so tasty he's just raw dogging the fish just just <laughs> slurping him down his gullet dude this is an effed up fish man look it's got so many eyeballs dude oh dude this reminds me of stacy oh <laughs> dude stacy's got more eyeballs than usual too <laughs> she's, got... <laughs> she's got a weird one on her back dude <laughs> the doctors don't know what caused it I think Spring Break Madness event is a really good idea. That... <laughs> I think so, too. I love this. I think that we don't have enough flavors in here. We have fishing flavors. We have sim flavors. We have eldritch horror flavors. We need kind of like, you know, uh, like... Uh... Dirty Grandpa. We need Dirty Grandpa. We need Dirty the Grandpa movie. flavor in here. Could you maybe escort Dirty Grandpa along and he does some commentary for you? <laughs> like he kind of narrates over what you're doing. And kind of with his with his little dirty grandpa ways of looking at things. <laughs> yeah, I think that would be really good having uh, <laughs> having that kind of character along the along with for the ride, just to put your work into perspective. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Back when I was in college, I was I was banging broads all the time, and you're <laughs> out here fishing, man. Get a life. So how often do you uh, try to get a blowjob from one of these fish, huh? Huh? <laughs> Be honest. Be honest. Look at that squid. Got a lot of suction, if you know what I mean. Oh, man. You ever take one of the, the suckers off one of those tentacles and use it as a butt plug? Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> this, is what, this is what the gamers want. <laughs> we need an NSFW uh, <laughs> switch that just uh-huh. removes or places Dirty Grandpa somewhere in the world for you to find. <laughs> Dirty Grandpa could be one of the romanceable characters in the dating sim. Yeah. Uh, I think that that would be on easy mode. I don't think it would be very hard to romance Dirty Grandpa. No, it would be extremely easy. 
Also, I should say I've never seen, nor do I know anything about Dirty Grandpa. So, like, maybe it's a very, like, meaningful, stoic movie about, like, religion or something. It's Robert De Niro really doing his level best to unwork a bunch of years of him being a gruff mafioso and turning him into basically a sex-hungry old man. He's, like... He's like, I've done a lot of movies where I play other characters. I need to do a movie where I just play myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're saying that that's that that's Robert De Niro default. Yeah. He's like, it's getting really hard to act like somebody else. I'm losing grip of who I want to be in real life. So time for me to do a movie that's for me, not for the people. One that really lets me be who I am. Yeah. Yeah. I think Robert De Niro should I think I think maybe doing an IP crossover with Robert De Niro is not a bad idea. I, I think that could be really good. What, who's the guy who was in Die Hard that, like, just started taking every movie that came his way? Uh, Bruce Bruce Willis. Yeah. We should get him in here, too. I think he'd say yes. Anyways, uh, I, I have another idea for you here. Okay. Um, I think that... So, the mini game was kind of like a rhythm timing type game. Yeah. Um, and it made me think they should have gone all the way, and we should have just had, like, a rhythm fishing game. Dredge Dredge Revolution? Caleb how dare you come in with perfect marketing for my idea right off the bat just absolutely nailed it in one you're welcome I I would love to play this game so this is another thing I was thinking playing it with um like Wii hardware where you actually have to like cast your line yep yep with like a little like a little (laughs) with the Wiimote and you have to reel it with the nunchuck Every time, every time you uh, you you lower your fishing line, it starts playing like a Japanese hyper pop. The uh, hamster dance starts. The hamster, uh... yeah. Well, not the hamster dance. Obviously, something classier than that. But just like, oh, excuse me, like Japanese city rock. Name something classier than the hamster dance, Caleb. I hate the hamster dance. Oh my gosh! I mean, I actually don't have any affinity for it. I just thought it'd be funny and ironic to say it. Peek behind the curtain of my twisted mind. <laughs> Wow, you should uh, become a character in Dredge. <laughs> I should be, yeah. Um, I'm in there. Find me. I'm an Easter egg, guys. Find Dwight and Dredge. Um, no, uh, so like you're with your hands, you're doing um, the fishing mini game, but then with your feet, you're doing a dancing mini game. But it's all like classic songs, kind of like uh, the the Star Wars Just Dance. It's like classic songs that are parodied to be about fishing. I was gonna say, you know what's really popular. Well, it's not popular now, but uh, Sea Shanties. Oh, true. Yeah. Sea Shanties had their time in the sun during the pandemic. And I think yeah. doing a Sea Shanty rhythm game <laughs> was a perfect opportunity. Dredge could have really cornered the market on that, but they didn't. Yeah. It's kind of like a trombone champ. Like we want to make a rhythm game with uh, things that don't have licenses. Yeah. So we just picked a bunch of actual old Sea Shanties. Um, and maybe you do kind of like a line dancing jig to like old Irish sea chanties while you're doing your fishing. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the logical conclusion there, but also having, having contemporary hits remixed to be fishing related. Sounds awesome. Wait. Okay. I just came up with the best idea for a game. Um, how about a horror game with uh, dance dance revolution controls where you have to dance correctly to navigate, to move. And then you're being chased by a monster. And the only way to get away from that monster is to do the correct inputs on your like dance pad that yeah. would be so stressful and fun yes that would man a horror ddr game i mean what is it crypt of the necrodancer is not that it's not horror yeah 
I mean, it's kind of it's kind of scary. I think they could lean into the horror element more. They could make a horror game that is DDR. That would be cool. Yeah, I, because I think when you're under a lot of stress, it's harder to like do your inputs correctly. Yeah, big time. Um, so yeah, that would be really funny. Just the idea of like it's a horror rhythm game, where like, you know, you're feeling so much pressure from the thing that's sneaking up on you that it's getting harder to like do your inputs correctly. Yeah, man, I I suppose that there isn't a a rhythm horror game, is there? Dude, this is gonna be my. I'm gonna take this one to the bank. Copyright it. Copyright it. Dredge, Dredge Two, uh, and hope nobody sues me. It's gonna be a VR horror rhythm game with strong dating sim elements, and Dirty Grandpa's gonna be in there with Bruce. <laughs> also, Dirty Grandpa. That's a pretty good. <laughs> that's a pretty good place to 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 wrap it up. Do you have any other ideas? No, I I really don't think there's anything I could say that would. That would top that. That would top that. That's the perfect conclusion. Well, there you go. That's the new dredge. We've 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 torn down your false idols, Steam players, and we have reconstructed what this game was meant to be. Sturdy grandpa horror <laughs> horror um you know, inventory Tetris uh rhythm game. Yeah, that's what everyone wants. Uh-huh. They're begging for it. Man, don't lie. If you saw an article about that, or like a a YouTube video where it's like Markiplier is like, dude, this horror, <laughs> this horror rhythm game has dirty grandpa in it. Like you'd watch yeah. that video. Yeah. It would be the, t- the, the highest stream game for like a week. Uh, uh-huh. it would definitely be one of those, um, stream bait games. Yeah. No big time. It's like, all I want is for Jack Jacksepticeye to play this game once. That's like the only goal for this game. That's your dream. Yeah. That's your, that's your dream. Is Jack I keep on saying Jack Sectic Eye, but Sectic is not a word. No, Septic Eye. Yeah, is he still a thing? I'm pretty sure he is. Uh, he's one of those old school YouTubers, but I think Markiplier. Man, I don't know. I I, I never really watched them when I was growing up, so I I don't. I didn't I don't know. either. But fun fact: my brother watched the movie RRR with Freddie Wong once. Really? Yes, that's true. That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, it was at a, a motion graphics event that he attended. Um, so that's pretty cool. You do have to watch RRR, though, Dwight. I have. I watched it with my parents. That's, oh, we should talk about this off podcast because that's one of my favorite movies. My dad loved it, and my mom, I don't think, has ever disliked a movie as much as she disliked that one. What? Well, my mom doesn't like violence in movies, so. Oh, yeah, okay, fair There enough. was kind of a whole scene like of gruesomely whipping one of the main characters. We, we, we'll have to talk about this off podcast because this is yeah. so far off topic. <laughs> but RRR rules. That's my that's my plug at the end of this. Go watch RRR. Yeah, yeah go watch RRR big time. It, it went to be one of my favorite movies ever. Certainly my favorite of last year. Anyways, we have, we I think we fixed Dredge. Yeah. It was so broken, but we have, we fixed it. We tweaked and tuned a couple of the engine elements and now we're zipping through the games industry like yeah. a knife through butter. We just needed to put a few more research points into the goofs skill tree. Yeah, you needed to goof it up. And we've unlocked the new goof engine that is going to go so fast that you'll be completely unable to navigate the second, uh, the last two islands. Yeah, and it makes us sound like goofy laughing. Yuck, 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 yuck. <laughs> it makes us sound like Dirty Grandpa um, <laughs> motorboating somebody. Um <laughs> Yeah, motorboating. <laughs> Talk about motorboating. <laughs> back, back, back in my when I was in college, when I was in Vietnam. 
with all the hot Vietnamese babes. Let me just tell you, a lot of boys there, but you can mow a t- you can mow a boat butt cheeks. That's what I learned. Oh God. Um. Anyways, so Caleb, before we let these good people be released from their prison cell, being stuck with us and our bad taste, um, if you've been playing any other games, or engaging with any other engaging media recently. Uh, games, no. I finished up Dredge a couple days ago, and I've been kind of taking a break since then. Uh, I've been slowly but steadily working my way through Bioshock, the first game. Uh, but I, I, I'm not going to plug that. What I am going to plug is Eldritch Literature. Please go read a couple, a very select few short stories by H.P. Lovecraft. Go read The Rats in the Walls. Go read The Call of Cthulhu. Don't read the rest. Uh, go read The City We Became by N.K. Jemisin. Go read the Annihilation Trilogy. Go read... Go watch the movie. Excellently made. Go experience Eldritch Literature for yourself. It's a rich medium that's got a lot going for it right now. Go read Between Two Flames, Between Two Fires. Such a good book. Yeah, that's my plug. Honestly, my plug is to the entire genre of, of cosmic Eldritch horror. Go watch... Go watch color out of space and then go read the short story it's actually a great nicholas cage movie mm, that does sound good i do like i do like good nicholas cage movies what are you gonna plug dwight what's your plug i'm gonna plug uh i've recently played the dlc for case of the golden idol spider of lanka oh i cannot wait to play it dude i think you're gonna love it uh i will say like so i would love if we did an episode or something on case of the golden idol because me and caleb as we've already said before are such big fans of that game um but uh, I think some of the strength of the main game was that it was kind of like a slow burn with certain plot points and um, revelations unraveling over like the course of 12 different scenes. Yeah. Um, whereas this game only has three scenes. Uh, so you don't quite have that same level of drama and plot. Right. But the, the puzzle solving is still there and it's great. It's really among the best in the game, I think. Um, cool. It was so satisfying to, yeah, extremely satisfying and fun. The artwork is great. The characters are um, a delight and uh, maybe not quite as funny as the main game, but absolutely delivered on what I wanted it to be and worth your money, worth every cent. Yep. Yep. It's a, it's a cool $5 right now. You should buy it. it, it it's 18 for the entire game plus the DLC. So yeah, it's a no-brainer. If you if you like games like Curse or uh, Return of the Oberdin, if you like games uh, like Phoenix Wright, it's a pretty lovely experience. Highly recommend as well. If you've ever filled out a, a Mad Libs and you thought to yourself, this would be more fun if it was about murder and the occult, uh, then Case of the Golden Idols for you. Yeah, you should immediately purchase this game if you've ever had that thought because this game was literally made maybe by you did you make this game are you color gray games <laughs> i knew it you uh, had that you looked like color gray games you sly dog <laughs> um yeah i think that's uh that's my main plug i'm trying to think if i've been playing anything else and no it's been mostly dredging uh and i mean i guess i'll do a pre-plug i'm excited to play tears of the kingdom uh, oh. coming out at the end of this week Woo! we are so excited for because breath of the wild one of my all-time faves, so just going to absolutely devour that uh, like a big hearty soup. I'm going to stick my head in it. 
Yeah, and we're both going to be uh, becoming unemployed right when it comes out, which is really it's exciting true. for both of us. We both recently quit our jobs, and the game comes out literally the day that I'm putting in my last day at my job. So I'm a little bit nervous that I'm just going to go straight from working as a productive member to society to like a month straight of doing nothing except for playing um, playing Tears of the Kingdom. And that would be time well spent, if you ask Zelda. Um, yeah. Also, I will plug my game, Hello Again. Uh, I am developing a game. It is an adventure puzzle game uh, with maybe some visual novel elements about navigating a time loop on a tropical island. Uh, there is no Kraken, but Dirty Grandpa's in it. He's in it. Whoa. You know? Yeah, Dirty Grandpa's in it. I actually, my agent just called him during this podcast episode. I'm restructuring the whole game to be Dirty Grandpa themed now. You got Robert De Niro on the phone and he said, yeah, I'll reprise that character. Uh, he's going to be talking a lot about motorboating. Uh, that's so, so fun dude i can't wait to play it it's gonna be awesome anyways that is it we have fixed dredge and uh we are so delighted that you chose to spend your limited time with us remember to go indoors before it's night out so you don't go insane and yeah, don't uh, lose your mind yeah and we will look forward to fixing more games in the future just for you dear listener just for you just for your grubby little tentacles yep and with that we are off to sail the ocean in search of creepy fish with lots of eyeballs. See ya. Goodbye. Hey, We Fixed Your Game was created and produced by Dwight Davis and Caleb Connor. The music you're hearing right now is the song Austin by Zachary Wilson off of the album Chip Off the Old Block. You can find more of Zachary's music on streaming platforms of your choice, or you can find Zachary's website linked in our show notes. Thank you for listening. Thank you.